Hey, what's up, family? And welcome to the Eagle's Nest Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you soar in your faith, family, finances, friendships, and fitness. Get ready for today's message with Senior Pastor of Eagle's Nest Church, Lee Jenkins. been in a series called The Help. We started it two weeks ago with sermon number one, and uh, we skipped last week. We had an incredible speaker, Jennifer Kitt, but we're going to continue the series today again called The Help. We learned a few weeks ago uh, that the Holy Spirit is our helper, our comforter, our advocate. And when Jesus left He sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus Christ. It is like the invisible Jesus. And so we have to have the Holy Spirit residing in our life in order to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, actually in order to live for him. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the help, how to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because you see, a lot of us have been living by our own power. A lot of us have been trying to sort through life by the will and the grit that we have. And we wonder why we're so tired, why we're so discouraged, why we can't reach some of our goals, why it seems like we're under the circumstances. Well, it just might be because you aren't allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to do the work in you that the Holy Spirit can do. So I'm excited, you all. I'm excited about today's word. I'm excited about what God is going to do in your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome in this atmosphere. Come fill this place with your atmosphere. But Lord, come fill us, your people, with your Holy Spirit. Father, we can't rely on our own power. It is not by our might or power, but it is by your grace and your power that we're able to live this life. So now, Lord, we pray, oh God, that you will speak to us through your word, that you will have your way in our lives. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Teach us today. Open our minds and our hearts up so we will know how to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. So now, Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, help me to encourage your people today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, everybody. Yes, the Lord is worthy to be praised. Well, I want to start off by asking you a question. How many of you all have ever been drunk? Okay, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Because I, I don't, I don't want to know, the on, online, see, if you're online, maybe you could put it in the chat. But, but I want you to think about this question. Have you ever been drunk? 
maybe I'll use a more sophisticated word. Have you ever been intoxicated before? Have you ever been inebriated? Have you ever been wasted? Smashed? Lit? Okay. And some of y'all are like, yeah, that's me. Okay. Well, there are certain characteristics when a person gets drunk. Uh, uh, look at some of these. Um, here, they look different. Y'all ever been around a person who's been drinking a lot and, and they, they start to turn red? Okay? Or their eyes get a little bloodshot and you can tell they've been drinking. Or, and sometimes they, they talk different. They might slur their speech. Or they might talk loud. You ever been at a restaurant and the table next to you is really loud? And you look over there, why are they so loud? Then you say, ah, I see why they're so loud. They've been drinking some of that sauce, okay? (laughs) And then, of course, they walk different. Some of them stagger and they can't walk a straight line. You know, they they just, they kind of lose their balance. And and then they, they act different. Some of them get really bold. Some of the shyest people, once they drink, they get really bold. And they do things that they would not normally do. Well, why is that? It is because they are under the influence of a substance called alcohol. In fact, another word for alcohol, you all, is spirits. Uh Uh-huh. Y'all know that, right? Spirits. There's a reason that they call alcohol Spirits, because it does the same thing just in a different way than a spirit would do a person. So today, as we go through God's word, we're going to compare how alcohol affects people in a negative way to how the Holy Spirit affects people in a positive way. We're going to look at this comparison. Here's what alcohol does to people. Here's what the Holy Spirit can do to people. And there are a lot of similarities. But one is more negative and the other one is more positive. In Ephesians chapter 5, the apostle Paul juxtaposes the intoxicating power of alcohol. More specifically, he's talking about wine. He talks about one being filled with the Spirit. So let's look at what he says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. A very simple verse. Ephesians 5, 18. Look at what it says. Don't be drunk with wine. Drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. And it has ruined a lot of people's lives getting drunk. 
Being an alcoholic, being addicted to wine and strong drink can ruin your life. So he says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What an incredible juxtaposition of wine and the Holy Spirit. You can get drunk off of both of them. You can be intoxicated off of both of them. But one of them will ruin your life. The other one will empower your life. So we're going to talk about that today. I want to speak to you today from the subject, Holy Ghost-aholic, okay? <laughs> Holy Ghost-aholic. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your neighbor to your left or to your right. I just want you to ask him this question. Say, neighbor. Are you a Holy Ghostaholic? <laughs> a Holy Ghostaholic. If you look up the word Holy Ghostaholic <laughs> in the Bible dictionary, if you Google it, you won't find it. Why? Because I made it up. A Holy Ghostaholic is a word I made up, so I might as well define it for you. Look at this definition. A Holy Ghostaholic is a person who is addicted to the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. Addicted. Can't live without the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay, I, I, I forget where I am. Of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, we see, I grew up in the hood and we call it the Holy Ghost. The same way a person is addicted to alcohol. They wake up in the morning, they got to have a drink. Around noontime at lunch, got to have a drink. Late in the afternoon or evening, they got to have a drink. Right before they go to bed, they got to have a drink. They will go hide. They will go inconvenience themselves. They will change their schedule to have a drink, to experience the intoxicating power of alcohol. They, not only that, they will go hang out with folks who want to have a drink. They would go to the bar, the church. That's their church. They would go hang out because they don't want to drink by themselves, so they need a little fellowship while they drink. So they want to be around some other drinkers. Or maybe it's before a football game. And before they, as they are, um, what do you call that, what they do before a football game? There you go, tailgating. I ought to know that. <laughs> Many football games as I go to. But they get lit because they feel like it makes them experience what they're getting ready to do in, in, in a more profound way. So alcohol becomes a part of their life. It's a part of the way of life. It's, it's like this is just what they do. They need alcohol 
when they're happy, when they're celebrating, they want to have alcohol. But even when they're sad, they want to take a drink. I wonder why we as followers of Christ don't treat the Holy Spirit the same way. Because we get up in the mornings and we don't ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of us don't even pray. And then around noontime, lunchtime, we're, we're doing what we do. We don't go off by ourselves and, and read the word and ask the power of the Holy Spirit to control us. And then some of us don't, don't want to fellowship with other people. And, and so there's a lot we can learn from alcoholics. There's a lot we can learn from people who drink. In fact, y'all, one of the reasons that the Apostle Paul made this comparison is because he was speaking to the people in Ephesus, and these people, there was a group of them, and, and they liked to get drunk before they worshiped. Literally. They would drink and get drunk, and they felt like if they could drink and and they could get drunk, then their spirits would be more open to the Lord. And so the Apostle Paul had to come and correct them. He says, no, don't be drunk with wine. What you need to do is you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you today, and there are many, but I want to give you four essential attributes of a Holy Ghost-filled person. But before I get to that, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Because when we hear the word filled, we usually relate it to something being poured into, taking a cup of something and pouring it into something else. Like someone filling a glass with water by pouring into it. However, in this context, that's not what be filled means. The word be filled, check this out, means to be directed. It means to be influenced. It means to be controlled. It means to be governed. So when he says be filled with the Holy Spirit, he means be controlled by it. Be governed by it. Be directed by it. Be influenced by the Holy Spirit. So it's not just a one-time filling. It's a continual filling of your spirit, of your personhood, And you are allowing this power to control you and to direct you and to govern you all the time. Not just one little drink and you go on about your way. Now listen to this. You can be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Now, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit happens when you become born again, when you confess Jesus as Lord, when you get saved, when you submit your life to Christ, when you become a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit 
comes inside of you and lives inside of you. The indwelling. But in order to be filled by the Holy Spirit, that is a continual process. That's not a one-time thing. It's like somebody taking a drink of alcohol. Well, that one little drink is not going to last them. That buzz is not going to last all day. It's not going to last for weeks. In order for an alcoholic continually drinks, a Holy Ghostaholic continually is continually filled by the Holy Spirit. Okay, when we get saved, the Holy Spirit is resident in us. But when you allow the filling of the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit becomes the president, not just the resident. Okay, the president is your leader, somebody leading you, somebody governing you. So my question to you, is the Holy Spirit just your resident? Or is the Holy Spirit your president and resident? For a lot of us, the Holy Spirit is just our resident. We, we, we don't know how to operate by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's another definition that might help you about what a Holy Ghostaholic is. Look at this. A Holy Ghostaholic is a person who lives under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Are you living under the influence of the Holy Spirit? It's not easy to do. It's not easy to be continually drunk in the Lord because there's something about this world that just takes it or it kills your buzz. <laughs> okay, can I say it like this? It kills your high because the enemy is trying to get you not to be led and governed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you four attributes of a Holy Ghostaholic. There are many, but I believe these are probably the main four that I want to give you. And I want you to look at these attributes, and I want you to determine, do I have these attributes? And maybe if you don't, that might be the reason that you don't feel controlled by the Holy Spirit more. That might be the reason why you lose your temper more than you should. That might be the reason why you gossip more than you should. That might be the reason why you don't, you can't rather resist temptation as much as you should because you might not know about these four things and how important they are. So I'm hoping I can help you today by showing you some attributes of a Holy Ghostaholic. All right, number one. A Holy Ghostaholic makes worship a lifestyle. Worship. Okay. Not a one-time event on Sunday. 
Because remember, an alcoholic doesn't just drink once a week. An alcoholic, a person who is addicted to alcohol, they pretty much drink every day. So what I'm saying is the reason they are continually intoxicated and being controlled by those spirits is because they participate in it often. What does that say about our spiritual life? We come to church, we, we come online on Sunday, but how much more do we read the word? How much more do we pray and, and sit in the presence of God? And then we wonder why we can't be intoxicated or controlled more by the Holy Spirit. Because we're not spending enough time with the Holy Spirit. Now, we spend time doing other things, but we don't spend time doing this. So we have to make worship a lifestyle. You can't get drunk (laughs) by just looking at alcohol. (laughs) Okay, you can't get drunk just by watching somebody else drink. In order to get drunk... And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You got to drink. In order to get drunk, you got to drink. It is only after you drink that you can experience the effects of alcohol. When you're at a party, people drink the louder they get, the bolder they get. The more they laugh, the sillier they get. The more their personality changes. So how does a Christian get drunk in the Spirit? How does one get filled by the Spirit? Here it is. You make worship a lifestyle. The more you drink, the more you get drunk. The more you praise God and worship God, the more the Holy Spirit fills you. Okay, let's look at the verse. Ephesians chapter 5, so right after the verse 18 that I read you that the Apostle Paul said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, then he kind of tells us how to be filled with the Spirit in verses 19 and 20. Look at what he says. By singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that's important because you're not going to get closer to God listening to secular music. Now, I'm not saying anything is wrong with secular music. I occasionally listen to secular music, okay? But that's not going to feed your spirit. So if you're listening to more secular music than Christian music, and then you're wondering why you don't have power, duh. So if you want to feed your spirit, then you have to do spiritual things. Again, I'm not saying you can't do some other things. I'm just saying you need to do more spiritual things than secular things. 
if you want to feed your spirit. So he says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. You ought to just be walking around the house, thank you, Jesus, with a song in your heart, praising God. In other words, he's talking about worship. Worshiping with other people, worshiping by yourself, worshiping at home, worshiping in the church. Worship. How is your worship life? As I told you, when we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells us. It comes inside of us. And this is how many of our lives look. There's a little air in here, in this balloon. But once you start singing psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, and making music, and being in the presence of other people, and and worshiping, and raising your hands, and reading the word. Let me show you what happens. Okay? That's what happens to your spirit. Then you're singing more songs, and you're getting into the word, and see, that's how your spirit ought to look. But let me tell you, the, the the less you do of some of these spiritual things, what happens? It's Monday, some of the air goes out. Tuesday, sounds like somebody's passing gas to me right now. (laughs) Wednesday, Thursday, because you're not in the Word. You're not worshiping. Friday, okay? Saturday and Sunday. That's how you look. Then you get filled back up on Sunday. And then it just just goes down. Some of y'all, it's more like that. Okay? It's more like that. And then we have to say, raise your hand. Come on, everybody praise the Lord. Come on, stand up, everybody. And the worship team is up here, and you just like, Well, that's why. Because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work with you through the whole week, to feel you through the whole week. All right, come on, let's give God praise for that, y'all. I know it's tight. So make worship a lifestyle. Talking to God listening to music, filling your spirit with good stuff. And and I'm not saying you need to be overly religious. I'm just saying you need to be careful about what you continually feed yourself. That's all. And you need to make sure you're feeding yourself more good food than bad food. And some foods you don't need to eat at all. Some things you just don't need to do. Make worship a lifestyle. Number two, a Holy Ghostaholic bears good fruit. So are you bearing good fruit? That's how you know a person is addicted to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is they worship 
and they bear good fruit. How do you know if you or someone is controlled by the Holy Spirit? All I have to do, all you have to do is look at their fruit. Not what they say, but look at their fruit. Okay, let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 17 and 18, and then verse 20. Let's look at this. He's, Jesus is talking about false prophets, but it certainly relates to our lives. He says, a good tree produces good fruit. I think we know that. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Then he goes on to say, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So folks can talk about how they got the Holy Ghost, how, how saved they are, how much they love the Lord. The way you identify them is not by what they say. It's not by how much church they go to. It's not, not all those religious things that they say. All you got to do is look at their fruit, look at their life, look at their actions, and it will tell you everything. So what kind of fruit are you bearing? What do the fruits of the Holy Spirit look like? Well, that's in the Bible too. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And I want you to think about whether you have some of these. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. So if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, not just the indwelling of it, but the filling, the continual filling and control and governing of the Holy Spirit, then these ought to be evident in your life. Love. Joy. Joy is different than happiness. Joy is a feeling you get regardless of your circumstances. Peace. If there's a whole bunch of drama in your life, if you are addicted to drama, then I have to question whether or not you are letting the Holy Spirit guide and lead you. Patience. Ooh, that was a, that's a tough one, isn't it? Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness, doing what you said you were going to do. Gentleness and self-control. If you're cussing folks out, getting smart with people, well, I just got to show people, a, a peak, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. That means you don't have any self-control. That means you're not letting the Holy Spirit control you. If you got to cuss people out, holler at folks, scream at people, then what does that say about the power or the lack of power of the Holy Spirit in your life? 
So, a Holy Ghostaholic bears good fruit. Number three, a Holy Ghostaholic is led by the Spirit. <laughs> led by the Spirit. When a person is intoxicated, y'all, with alcohol, it can lead them to do some regrettable and some reckless things. Things that they would normally do. Then afterwards, as Jamie Foxx and T-Pain said, <laughs> they blame it on a, 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 a alcohol. Some of y'all don't know that song. It came out about 10 years ago. So they do crazy stuff and they blame it on the alcohol. Because what they're saying is, I don't normally do this, but I was being led by another spirit, the alcohol. I made this decision because I wasn't in my right mind. I slept with this person because I was drunk. So the alcohol, rather, can lead people to do stupid things, but the Holy Spirit never leads us astray. That's why an unmistakable characteristic of those who are living under the influence of the Holy Spirit is that they are spirit-led. They seek God's guidance in every decision relying on him for direction in their lives. So are you led by the Holy Spirit or are you led by your emotions? Are you led by your flesh? Are you led by your anger? Are you led by your resentment? Are you led by people? Are you led by peer pressure? We have to let the Holy Spirit lead us, you all. Romans 8, 14, look at what it says. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So the one of the ways, so one of the ways that you know that you are a child of God is you're led by the Spirit of God. Well, how do you let the Holy Spirit lead you? I think Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 gives us a clue. Look at it. Very popular passage. It says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Okay, all right, I'll just read it to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So first thing we got to do in order to be led by the Holy Spirit is trust. Somebody say trust. That means submit. To the Lord. And it says, with all your heart. And then it says, lean not unto your own understanding, because you and I have an understanding. We, we can try to figure stuff out with our own understanding, and, 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 but this passage says, don't lean on what you think is best for you. Lean on the Holy Spirit. Lean not on your own understanding. And then it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him or submit to him and he will make your path straight. Like a GPS in a car. You put in the address. And I was born and raised here in Atlanta. 
I know every little side street. Sometimes I outsmart the GPS. But every now and then I get the GPS shows me that I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> because I know the shortcuts that the GPS doesn't know, but then the GPS is telling me to go this way. And I was like, no, why would I want to go that way? Well, the reason the GPS is telling me to go that way is because it can see that the way I want to go, there's traffic, there's bottleneck, there's all this, but I can't see that. So the GPS is saying, go this way. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your history just because you grew up in Atlanta. Look, follow the directions. And what do I do? I was born and raised here. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm in a traffic jam. And we do the same thing with God. We rely on our own feelings. We rely on what we know. But, but you see, God sits higher than what we can see. Like that satellite can see what we can't see. That's why you have to submit your ways to him. Come on, let's give God praise for that. <laughs> Lastly, a Holy Ghostaholic is a portrait of a transformed life. What do I mean by that? People ought to be able to look at your life. A portrait is a picture. People ought to be able to look at your life and say there's something different about him. There's something different about her. There's something different about that family. There's something different about that business person. There's something different about that church. We ought to be, because we have the Holy Spirit, we ought to be a portrait of a transformed life. I want to end with this as I close. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Are you new? All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Those who are filled with the Holy Spirit undergo a radical change. Our priorities should be different. Our attitudes should be different. Our actions should be different. Because we are filled and we continue to get filled with the Holy Spirit. So what am I saying? I don't want to use the word addicted because it has so many negative connotations. But I want you to be devoted to being led by the Holy Spirit. Are you a Holy Ghost to Holic? Well, let me close with this very short story. One day, a little boy lived in the country, went to visit his grandparents they lived in the country and granddaddy was sitting out under a tree drinking some real strong stuff getting wasted little boy came out granddaddy what you drinking he said oh boy this is the stuff that you you're not old enough to drink granddaddy let me have a sip of it and the granddaddy was a little inebriated himself so he said okay boy you can have one little sip 14-year-old kid took a little sip. He spit it out. 
He said, Granddaddy, this stuff is, tastes terrible. How could you drink something like this? He said, oh boy, if you drink it long enough, he said, you, you develop a taste for it. He, he said, you just, you have to drink it long enough until it tastes good. And you know, a lot of people do that with alcohol. They drink it long enough and often enough to where they develop a taste for it. You got to worship long enough to where you develop a taste for it, okay? And some of y'all just haven't, you haven't developed a taste for the presence of God yet. And the only way you develop a taste for it, you just, you got to just keep doing it. Keep getting in his presence. So let me pray for you. Father in heaven, help us to develop a taste for your Holy Spirit. Help us to long for you. Help us to want more of you than we want of the world. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Fill us with your presence. Continually fill us, Lord, so that we can have the presence and the power of Jesus Christ in our life. Lord, I pray that we will learn how to be drunk and intoxicated by your Spirit, which means that we are controlled, governed, influenced by you in everything we do. Holy Spirit, fill us right now with your presence. Let's just stay right there a moment. God, we thank you. We submit ourselves to you. We need you, Lord. We need your presence. We need your touch. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, everybody. Welcome back. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you'd like more information about Pastor Lee or Eagles Nest Church, visit our website at eaglesnestchurch.org. That's all one word, eaglesnestchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected with us throughout the week. If you're ever in the Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Until next time, Eagles. Eagles.